Alright, alright, welcome in to another episode of FarzCast. Farzine Vasugan here with you on a Saturday, a rare weekend edition of the podcast, but that's just the way we uh, we roll sometimes. So, yeah, doing a Saturday show. Hope you guys are doing well, hope your weekend's going well. Hope you guys all had a good Memorial Day weekend last weekend. We are now in the month of June. Hard to believe, but uh, we are already here, almost halfway through 2023. A lot to get into here on this episode of FarzCast. A lot of talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Where will he sign after getting released by the Arizona Cardinals? A lot of people also surprised that he was released by the Cardinals. Worth getting into that a little bit as well. Some NFL players have been making some excuses lately about why their teams did not win in the playoffs. I think that's interesting. Not sure why we're still uh, making excuses summertime, but... Some players are doing that. NBA and NHL Stanley Cup Finals are said the NBA Finals have already started. The Stanley Cup Finals get underway tonight. And what is the obsession with Conor McGregor right now? I don't get it. I really don't. Plus, another YouTube prank gone wrong. Got to get into that later on as well. All right, I see you guys on the... uh, on the Facebook page, we are streaming this live. Appreciate you guys joining us for the um, for the live version. Always appreciate you guys watching live. Yeah, everyone always makes excuses when they lose. Texans money over rings. Yeah, you think that's where he goes? Yeah, we'll get into that shortly. Uh, you guys know the social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, on the podcast uh, version uh, on. Apple, Spotify, wherever, uh, in the description, I do have all the links. Uh, you guys can follow me on social media, so check those out. Um, if you guys aren't following me on all the uh, all the socials, make sure you guys do that. I was at the Royals game Friday night. My brother and I went for Big Slick Kansas City. Uh, let me just say, in my opinion, that is the best event we have in Kansas City every year. That and the Big 12 tournament, those two events, in my opinion, the best things we have in Kansas City, and uh, I, I think it's awesome that uh, the local celebrities, uh, Rob Riggle, Paul Rudd, Jason Sudeikis, Eric Stone Street, David Keckner was not a part of it this year, um, not exactly sure why, uh, but Heidi Gardner, now one of the new hosts for Big Slick KC, and they invite all of their friends from Hollywood to, uh, to join them, uh, which I think is awesome. Uh, just a really special event, what they do, raising money for Children's Mercy Hospital, and then the softball game they do over at the, uh, the K right before uh, the Royals take the field that night. Uh, it's an awesome event. It really is. So uh, it's, uh, in my opinion, uh, one of the best events we have in um, in Kansas City. So went to that. was really cool. Uh, I know they've got a, their uh, second day of events. Uh, they did the uh, – they always do something uh, different. Uh, the Saturday morning of Big Slick Weekend. Uh, I know one year they did bowling at Prairie Fire at Pinstripes, I think is what it's called. And then uh, they've done a lot of different stuff over the years. Uh, this year I saw they were doing the um, the run uh, in front of Children's Mercy Hospital, uh, which, which is pretty cool. Uh, they like to change things up every year. And then they've got the finale over at T-Mobile Center, where they do the live auction and all that good stuff. So really cool event. Um, I I have not been to the uh, the uh, event at the arena ever. Uh, I definitely want to make that trip sometime. 
Uh, but I've been to the uh, softball game many times, uh, both working as an employee of the Royals and also as a fan. So that was cool to see. Um, shout out to all those guys uh, that do what they do in uh, raising money and also giving Kansas City kind of a, a, a good name uh, doing uh, things like that. So God forbid anyone finds their, their, themselves in that situation with their kids. But if they ever do, uh, Children's Mercy is certainly uh, the place to go to. So big ups to all of those guys and all the celebrities that uh, come over. Some of them come frequently and uh, are part of that event. So very cool. Uh, let's see. David says off topic, but my shout out to my daughter, Aria. It's her birthday. Happy birthday, Aria. Enjoy your birthday. All right, uh, let's get into uh, the podcast here. Where will DeAndre Hopkins sign? And I want to hear from you guys. Let me know what you guys think. Where will he go and why? Because there are two teams that a lot of people think are the prime candidates, the Chiefs and the Bills. And then there's a dark horse team out there in the Cleveland Browns because of Deshaun Watson's familiarity with DeAndre Hopkins back in Houston. So that maybe they'll reunite in Cleveland and possibly become a contender in the AFC. I know the Browns have been viewed as that potential dark horse team every year. I know Deshaun Watson last year, he wasn't able to play every single game, uh, was suspended almost for two-thirds of the season because uh, of the uh, sexual allegation, sexual assault allegations that he was uh, dealing with. Um, and I know there's, I mean, that's a topic for another time. I'm not going to get into that. But bottom line is he was suspended for a long time, so he wasn't able to contribute to the Browns the entire season all the way through. But the Chiefs and the Bills have been labeled as that team, and I'm a little bit surprised the Bengals are not, are not in the mix. Now, a report came out because of, uh, a report came out from uh, The Athletic, I believe, that the Bills are essentially out of the running because they can't meet his contractual demands in which he wants $15 million a year. And if that's the case, Kansas City is likely out of it as well. And if the two teams that are supposedly the best fit for DeAndre Hopkins, the Bills and the Chiefs, are not going to be able to afford him, well, listen, this is a guy who, how old is he, 31 years old? I should have double-checked this before uh, I went on. Uh, I'll just look it up real quickly. He's going to turn 31 in three days, okay? If DeAndre Hopkins is serious about, and I don't, I don't know exactly how much money he's made in his career. I assume a lot of money. But if he really wants a chance at a ring, you got to go to a place like Kansas City or Buffalo or Cincinnati. And if you're going to go to one of those destinations... You're probably going to need to do it for a much cheaper price. Brad says, given our cap situation at $1.2 million, surely we'd have to extend Chris Jones to move. Yeah, extending Chris Jones is uh, is part of the solution there. Restructuring Travis Kelsey's deal. I don't know how much he's willing to do that at the moment. I mean, Travis Kelsey, uh, l- listen... I don't want to sit here and say that guys like Mahomes and Kelsey are going to be fine, so they should take a big discount. If they want the money, I mean, that's that's their right. I'll never fault anyone for that. I said that about Tyreek Hill last year when he got traded to the Dolphins and got the deal that he wanted. But 
at the same time, it's like, you know, what is your goal? What, what does Travis Kelsey want to do the rest of his career? Just win more championships and try to break every tight end record out there left? Perhaps. Uh, could taking less money maybe help contribute to that? Because he's got his podcast that he and his brother are doing, which is very successful. It's probably one of the very few podcasts that was successful from the get-go. Um I mean, there are some athletes that are in the media today on TV or on radio, um, but very rarely do you see athletes host a podcast and it basically skyrockets from the beginning. Travis Kelsey kind of has that, and he just signed with an agency that deals with a lot of uh, that deals with enter- the, the entertainment industry essentially. I mean, he's going to be set up for that. He's He looks like he's going to be involved in Hollywood for quite some time. So, I think maybe if Travis Kelsey restructures his deal, that's certainly a possibility. So, extending Chris Jones, restructuring Travis Kelsey's deal. Maybe if there's one more thing you can do, maybe it's Joe Tooney's deal. But I think he's already done it once. Would he be willing to restructure his deal again? Now, keep in mind, restructuring a deal does not mean taking less money. Not every single time. Um, there's always a way around things. Uh, they they can always try to backload these deals. I don't know exactly what was going on with the trade situation where Arizona could not trade. Because Arizona is willing to just eat the cap at this point, which I think is very interesting. Not even, I mean, a team was not even willing to give up a seventh-round pick. And maybe they were, but Arizona said, no, we want more than that. And they just could not get that from a team. I don't know. I'm not sure. Because to me, if you want, do I think Kansas City needs DeAndre Hopkins? A lot of you guys said no. He would be more of a luxury than a necessity. But in my opinion... I think the Chiefs do need DeAndre Hopkins. Let me just preface by saying I actually do like Kansas City's receiver room at the moment. They've got a lot of interesting names there. But let's talk about how many receivers we have there. We have Marquez Valdez-Scantling. we got Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, two second-round picks. Sky Moore from last year and Rasheed Rice from this year. You've got Kadarius Toney, who you traded for last year, and there's a lot of hype around him about how he could carry the duties of a number one receiver. Okay, we're at four receivers right now. Justin Watson, and I don't know what the deal is. So many people, when they when, when Justin Watson gets talked about, people talk about the, the game he had, and I can't remember who it was against, but he had two big drops in that game. Man, the guy just had one bad game where he dropped a couple of passes. And people are letting that overshadow his entire body of work. Now, Justin Watson's not a guy that contributes uh, a lot on offense. He doesn't play a lot of snaps. But when he does get on the field, he does a lot more good than bad. So that's five receivers. I haven't even mentioned the Ross guys yet. Justin Ross and John Ross. They also got Richie James from the uh, Giants. So that's... Eight wide receivers we're already talking about. Let me just say this too. I think with those wide receivers, the more you talk about them, you do realize, if we're being completely honest here, there is more hope for potential than a vote of confidence. And that's not to say the Chiefs are not confident in these receivers, but 
let's be completely honest here. There are a lot of question marks. There are a lot of what ifs here. You do need these guys to be healthy. Kadarius Tony needs to be healthy. Okay. You need Sky Moore to contribute more. And that's not to say Sky Moore was terrible last year. He was on an offense that where he was behind on the depth chart with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS. Oh, and by the way, Travis Kelsey is your primary pass catcher. So it was very hard for him to get involved with the offense to even begin with. Um, people forget about this with McCall Hardman, too, in, in, in his rookie season. McCall Hardman was playing behind Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. Oh, and by the way, Travis Kelsey was still your primary pass catcher at the time. So it was hard for McCall Hardman to get involved in 2019 because he was playing behind two really good wide receivers, uh, both pro bowlers at, at some point in their careers. Uh, you have same situation now where, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure how much everyone's going to get involved. What I can say for certain right now, I, I don't know if Kansas City has a clear-cut number one receiver. I know they want Tony to be that guy. I know that. But how much confidence do you have in him, not in his abilities, but in his reliability to stay on the field? His skill set is not up for de debate here. Everyone knows what Kadarius Tony can do. I mean, the guy even drew comparisons to Tyree Kill coming out of college. Everyone just wants to know if, if he can stay healthy. Can Justin Ross stay healthy? Uh, you know, again, there are a lot of ifs with, um, with this receiving unit here. Rasheed Rice, again, a second-round pick. Second-round picks generally do... Start a lot of games, even as rookies. How much does Rasheed Rice play as a rookie? A lot of you guys are talking about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, trying to trade him or get rid of him. He's not. I don't think he's really taking up much cap space. And even if he is, let me quickly look that up. I don't think it's a whole lot because he's still on his rookie deal. Uh, let me see what Track has him at. His cap hit is $3.4 million. Yeah, I mean, listen, $3.4 million, that's a lot. But that's not necessarily destroying the, the salary cap. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of other things on the salary cap the Chiefs can, can work on if they want to bring in. And listen, sure, maybe Clyde Edwards-Alert could be part of that, but you would also need a lot more if you're going to restructure deals and try to make cap room for DeAndre Hopkins. Travis has my take on Tony. He played at MetLife Stadium. And it's. It is routinely an injury magnet. Yeah. I, I mean listen. I don't know man. Um, I know there was this running joke a few years ago. About how. Um, how. Uh, ACLs are not contagious. Unless you play for like the New York Giants. Or anything like that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Travis, maybe the grass uh, at Arrowhead could be better than the one at MetLife Stadium. Who knows? Uh, I'm not really an expert in, in that area. Uh, I mean, you can just look at fields and just tell if they're going to be good or bad. Like the Raiders, you could just tell the Raiders. Uh, and let, let me just 
say that Allegiant Stadium is a great stadium. Uh, if the Chiefs are going to consider a new stadium, uh, just like the Royals are right now, man, uh, don't be afraid to uh, to copy some things from Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Arrowhead is a very old stadium, for sure. So if you want a more modern stadium, and if you want to have events like the Final Fours, uh WrestleManias, uh, big name concerts, especially if you if, if you're gonna have it indoors, it'll be even more enticing uh, for those big name performers to come to Kansas City. Uh, you should probably look at a place like Allegiant Stadium uh, or SoFi Stadium and kind of copy them and see what they're doing and what's working for them and what's not working for them and, and things that they can do to try to uh, make things better. I, I'm getting off topic here. Um, but anyway, the, the the point I was trying to get at is uh, with the Raiders is that um, do, I mean you look at their the last game the grass just the way it looked I, I mean it, you could just tell the grounds crew it was the final game of the year of the with the Raiders win or lose they just did not even give a shit they just wanted to play that last game and get it over with uh, look at the Cardinals I know we're getting off topic here but I guess this is worth discussing right now look at the Cardinals stadium. In week one against the Chiefs, all the complaints coming out of that game. And then, several months later in the Super Bowl, a lot of people said, oh, well, the Eagles lost because of the field condition. Or, uh, there are a lot of reasons why the uh, Chiefs supposedly beat the uh, Eagle cheating and the refs and the field, all these other things people keep bringing up. Um, but the reality is the Chiefs kind of knew because they played there earlier this year and they just adjusted when... The Eagles didn't. Uh, anyway, we're getting off topic here. Joshua says KT has number one talent, but man, from the injury standpoint, is keeping him from a number one for me. Yeah, and again, I want Kadarius Tony to be that number one guy. I don't know any Chiefs fan that would disagree with that idea. Kadarius Tony as a number one receiver sounds a lot of not. It's it's a pretty cool idea there. It really is. But where where's your confidence level that he can play a full season? Uh. Provided that you need to play the final week of the regular season, how confident are you that Kadarius Tony is going to play 17 weeks of football for you? Okay, if he misses a game or two, fine. Like, that's not a big deal. A lot of people have missed. Travis Kelsey's missed a game. Tyreek Hill's missed, missed some games in the past. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has missed a couple of games in the past. Um, Chris Jones has missed games. And we're talking about some of the best players to play for the Chiefs the past five years. And they have missed some time. Over the years, um, no, I mean, it's very hard to find a player that has played all 16 or 17 games over the last 5, 10, 15 years. Uh, you're you're going to have injuries, uh, especially in a physical sport like football. To me, though, um, with Hopkins, I just think you need him. I think the Chiefs need him. They don't have a clear-cut number one receiver right now. Um, and that's no disrespect to anyone on the receiving corp, especially MVS, who's the most tenured uh, of the group. But, man, you just don't really have... No one looks at Kansas City's receivers and say, there's that clear number one receiver. No one, no one views the Chiefs in that manner right now. I think the Chiefs do need DeAndre Hopkins, and that's easier said than done. But... Do I think the Chiefs and Bills are going to be in the running still? The only way that's possible is if DeAndre Hopkins kind of just has a heart-to-heart with himself and says, look, I want a Super Bowl. Uh, 
money's great, but I want a Super Bowl before I hang it up. So I don't know. He's got some decisions to make here. Does he go to a place that's going to give him what he wants? Or does he go to a team where you will seriously contend for a Super Bowl, but will need to take significantly less money? That's the question DeAndre Hopkins needs to ask himself. And I know he just hired an agent. So who knows? We'll see how that pans out. Excuses, excuses are being made. Uh, oh boy. Uh, I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, so Colts wide receiver who played for the Bills last year, Isaiah McKenzie, said that the Bills and Bengals playoff game would have gone differently had that game game been played in a dome. If you guys recall, that game in the playoffs was played uh, in uh, in the snow. Obviously, very cold conditions. But Isaiah McKenzie thinks that the Bills would have won the game if it was in a dome. Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd, he also made some excuses, saying that if he played all of the AFC Championship game, then the Bengals would have defeated the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game and they would have advanced to the Super Bowl. Okay, so let's just be 100%. L- let's provide some context here. Let's let's be transparent and all. Uh, because Tyler Boyd, who, let's see, he spent his entire career with the Bengals since 2016. He says that if he played the entire game, he would the, the, the Bengals would have beat the Chiefs. So last year in 16 games, 14 starts, he caught 58 passes for 762 yards. The year before that, 67 passes for 828 yards. And then the year before that, 79 for 841. And he's never had more than five touchdowns. Uh, in any of those three seasons. So this is someone who has not had a thousand yard receiving season for uh, for three years now. And he thinks he was this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Difference maker, I guess. The X factor in beating the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Listen, I know um <laughs> I know Bengals fans come on my social media and they also go on like other Chiefs fans social media and, and what's the term they use rent free because supposedly Chiefs fans can't stop talking about the Bengals. Uh you literally have a Bengals player in late May making excuses saying that he if the if he would have played the entire AFC Championship game, then the Bengals would have won and would have advanced to the Super Bowl in late May, after Memorial Day weekend. He is saying this. Who is really living in whose head rent free? Because I don't think it's the way Bengals fans think it is. I mean, supposedly trash talking is rent free now. Uh. But Bengals fans are still, um, are Bengals players, they're clearly, clearly not over losing that game. Because all that talk about 3-0 and and Burrowhead, all those things that, that were said that week, 
and then they lose. And then what do they do after they lose? They make all this bullshit about a fifth down and the refs being on their side and how a 15, a roughing the passer, a late hit out of bounds should not result in a 15-yard penalty. Like, all of a sudden, no one ever had that opinion about how a late hit out of bounds should never be a 15-yard penalty. But because it happened in such a crucial moment uh, in that championship game, all of a sudden, that was an opinion thrown out there. I mean, come on, man. The Bengals players and their fan base and their mayor talked a lot of shit leading up to that game, and they lost. Um, And listen, it's not like they got killed. All four meetings between Mahomes versus Burrow, I mean, they've all come down to the wire. They've all been three-point games. The Bengals are simply lost this one. Move on. Get over it. And the more you talk about this and don't move on, if I'm a fan, I would be questioning the players' mindsets right now. Are they really stuck on January the 29th? Because if you're still going to be thinking about that AFC Championship game, if you're still thinking about that going into week one in September, man, in their heads, they're loving in January when it's September. As a Chiefs fan, I don't care. I mean, I hope they have that mindset because it just shows that they're not ready to move on. And they're not. as a result, they won't be ready for the upcoming season. Um, I don't think that's the case. Now, and by the way, I don't know exactly the question that was asked that led to Tyler Boyd making that comment, but man, you lost, okay? You didn't play. Patrick Mahomes lost three wide receivers in the AFC Championship game. He converted a first down to a receiver in uh, uh, Marcus Kemp, who had not caught a pass all year. And I know uh, Bengals fans also bring up the offensive. Oh, we, we also lost a lot of our offensive linemen. Yeah, you did. And I mentioned that the week of the game, and Bengals fans told me that was not going to be a factor. Now already, or after the fact, it's suddenly being used as an excuse. Which is it? The offensive line was not going to be an issue, or now the offensive line was an issue after the game? Bengals fans can't make up their minds. Oh, and by the way, Patrick Mahomes was playing with two of the worst offensive tackles all season and won that football game. So Mahomes lost three receivers, already was playing with two terrible offensive tackles, one who's now in Cincinnati, so good luck with that, considering Joe Burrow's been sacked the most out of anyone the last two years combined. That'll be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, and they're still making excuses. Cry me a river, man. Uh, Listen, I'm a Vegas Golden Knights fan, and they're playing tonight uh, for game one of the Stanley Cup Finals. Do you know how many goalies the Vegas Golden Knights have gone through? I mean, the goalie that they had as, as their intended starter this year was already determined he would not play for the season. Then they had someone else. I can't remember who it was. Then they have uh, Laurent Barsois, who got injured a couple of weeks ago in the playoffs. And then they're down to their fourth string goalie, Aiden Hill, who's just playing lights out. And they acquired him in a trade for a fourth-round draft pick. Look, man, injuries are just not an excuse anymore. They are not a reason for you to not perform. People always talk about Patrick Mahomes and how he's the reason why the Chiefs are so great and and that the Chiefs were irrelevant before Mahomes. But they also like to talk about uh, how 
he's overrated because Chad Henney came in and they had a 99 or a 90 whatever yard drive it was in the playoff game against the uh, uh, the Jaguars. It's like people cannot make up their minds about you know trying to take credit from the Chiefs how they want to do it and then all of a sudden they change their minds with the way they go about things. I, I mean it's just too funny at this point. It really really is. Here's the one thing I've always said. Uh, because I get a lot of these comments that, oh, Patrick Mahomes was only good because he has uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Well, Tyreek Hill did not play last year for the Chiefs. He played for the Dolphins. And at that point, Patrick Mahomes had arguably his best season ever. Broke the um, the record for uh, most total yards by, by a quarterback. And I know a lot of people are going to say a 17th game. Well, guess what? An 18th game is coming soon. So a lot of these records that were broken in 16 games are going to be broken in the near future when we extend the season to 18 games. It's not a matter of when. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Um, so people are still trying to you know take credit away from moments. And by the way, the other thing I always bring up is if Travis Kelty and Tyree Kill are the reasons why Mahomes has done so well, why didn't Alex Smith ever win a playoff game with those two guys? Alex Smith never won a playoff game with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey together. Listen, I love Alex Smith. I appreciate everything he's done. Got a lot of respect for him and everything he overcame during his time in Washington. But, man, it's just at some point, can you just admit you're jealous or, or you're just hating on the fact that the guy fell 10 picks? in the draft and you know you're just not happy that he didn't play for your team and people always even say oh well it's because of Andy Reid's system Patrick Mahomes has been playing lights out in high school he won player of the year in high school he was playing lights out in college the only reason Texas Tech did not do so well is because they had a horrific defense their offense was great that was never the issue it was more of the defense than anything else as to why Texas Tech could never contend. So, you know, suddenly he gets to the NFL and does great. Oh, but, you know, it's because of Andy Reid. As if he wasn't doing so well before. Uh, Regina says, what do you think about the way they have to kick the football now? Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, I don't know. Are you going to do more squib kicks? Or are you going to... Are you going to try to bait teams to to because a lot of a lot of times kick returners will let the ball bounce if it's clearly in the end zone even by a yard or two, but man if it's at the one or the two yard line, the return specialists love that they are going to take it every single time. But maybe their coaches are going to say, "Hey, just fair catch it from now on," because that'll give you. The ball at the 25-yard line. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a stupid rule. I really do. Um, and all this talk about concussions and all that happening on special teams, I, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Uh, I, I don't know what the percentage is on total squib kicks on kickoff outside of the final minute. Like when there's... 10 seconds left. Yeah, you see a lot of squib kicks. Um, something the Buffalo Bills should have done. Uh, topic for another time. But how is that? Is that something we're going to see more often now? I don't know. 
I know this is off topic, but do you play Madden or ever thought of playing Madden? Yeah, I, I've played. Um, I usually play. I, I don't buy Madden every year. I can't even remember the last Madden I bought. I think it was the one with Mahomes on the cover by himself. I know he's been on the cover twice. Once by himself and again with Brady. I think the one where it was Mahomes on the cover, that's the last Madden I bought. Um... Uh, I I don't know. Maybe I I get back into it this year. I don't know. Uh, I've been more focused on like Final Fantasy games. So real quickly, I'll, I'll get into this. Uh, for the longest time, I, I I had only been a couple of Final Fantasy games. It was seven, nine, ten, and thirteen. But I've never played a lot of the older games. So during the pandemic, because a lot of us had more free time, you weren't really able to go out to restaurants and all that good stuff. Um, I spent a lot of that time actually starting the old Final Fantasies in order. So I started with 1, 2, 3, uh, Mystic Quest, 4, The After Years, which is a sequel of 4. I've been doing all of that in order. I actually am on 10-2 right now, or X-2, whatever they call it. Um, some of these I've played before uh, and beat. Some of them never beat. I've, I've, actually done, I've actually done the entire thing in order, even the ones that I'm replaying. Um, just because the story is a lot better. A lot more enjoyable as an adult. Uh, it really is. Um, so I've been more focused on that with my uh, video gaming. Plus, even if I'm done with Final Fantasy, I'm probably going to start God of War. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of you guys have been telling me to get into God of War. So I know Prime has picked up on that. So I'd like to play some God of War before um, before the uh, TV show starts. Uh, Elden Ring. Yeah, that's another one I do want to play. Uh, I've played Elder Scroll. Elden Ring looks similar to Elder Scrolls. Maybe I'm I'm wrong, but um, yeah, that's another one I want to try. Ghost of Tsushima, yeah, another one. Okay, I'll get off the video game uh, talk. Uh, let's move on. I've already um said what I need to say about players making excuses. The NBA and the Stanley Cup Finals are yeah good. I was just ruining the NFL. Uh. Where was it? Oh, yeah. NBA and NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, the Miami Heat, they avoided a uh, big choke job against the Celtics, winning Game 7 in a blowout, but struggled against the Nuggets. And then the Vegas Golden Knights, they just destroyed the Dallas Stars to win Game 6 in advance. And they won the West for the second time in the six years the Vegas Golden Knights have been around. They're going to play the Florida Panthers. That starts tonight. You know what a lot of people are talking about with the Vegas Golden Knights and Florida Panthers series? They're talking about the Florida Panthers having a little more than a week off and whether or not that is going to contribute to the game in any way, good or bad. A lot of people have been talking about that. Oddly enough, People are not saying that about the Heat in the Nuggets series prior to it starting because the Nuggets swept the Lakers and they got to kind of chill and rest for uh, for a few days before game one of the NBA Finals tipped tipped off. I mean, the Nuggets stayed. They, they got a lot of days off. They didn't look like there was any rust when they were playing against the Heat. I mean, there were some times where the Heat tried to pick up some steam, but it wasn't enough for them to uh, to pose as a threat to come back in the game at any point. Um, the Nuggets just had full control of this game from start to finish. Yeah, a couple of runs for the Heat, but that's basketball. That's going to happen. Um, 
here's my thing. A lot of people are saying that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to benefit from the Florida Panthers having so many days off. I don't know if I agree with that idea. I still am picking the Vegas Golden Knights, two and one because I'm biased. Um, two, I just think the Vegas Golden Knights have better depth, and Aiden Hill is playing so well, uh, as I alluded to uh, earlier. Um, here's my thing. We hear about this so much in the NFL with bye weeks and having the bye week in the postseason. I would rather have those days off than not. And listen, it's not like these athletes are just at home laying on the couch eating chips and watching Netflix, okay? They're still practicing. They're still working out. It's not like they're just completely out of shape all of a sudden. Um, I think that discussion is blown a little bit out of proportion. I know um, the ESPN crew that uh, does the NHL games uh, during the intermissions, they had a very interesting stat. Uh, I guess the team that has extra rest... For the Stanley Cup Finals, that they're one in nine in the Stanley Cup. So, listen, as a Vegas fan, I guess that's a cool stat, but I don't really put too much weight into things like that. I really don't. Um, I think at the end of the day, I would rather have the rest than not. So. Good for the Florida Panthers, but I still think Vegas is going to be too much. And listen, Florida, I don't want to underestimate Florida either because nobody thought they were going to beat the Boston Bruins. Everyone thought that was a gimme series for the Boston Bruins. Nobody thought they were going to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were having a a remarkable season too, uh, a season they have not had in quite some time. But they were able to beat them as well. So the Florida Panthers have already made it Farther than probably even Florida Panthers fans even thought. So this is not a pushover team by any stretch. I do think at some point your luck is going to run out. And I think this is it. The Vegas Golden Knights are hungry. This is a team that's dealt with a lot of heartbreak. The the, the inaugural season, what they dealt with playing for the city after that mass shooting in, uh, in Mandalay Bay. And then uh, the uh, blowing that 3-1 series lead against uh, the Sharks. Losing in conference finals two years in a row. Missing the the playoffs last year due to all these injuries. And still keeping a lot of the same guys. This team, I I think, is just poised and very hungry to to get the cup this year. So I think they're going to be the ones uh, lifting that cup. So I I said, what did I say on Facebook? I said um, Nuggets and Six. And uh, for for the Stanley Cup, I'm saying Vegas and five. Now, by the way, a lot of people are looking at the um, at the NBA game from Game One. A lot of people think that oh, now the Nuggets are going to sweep them. Look, man, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge off one game. It's just one game. No, don't get me wrong. If I'm a Heat fan, I would want to win that game that one game. Uh, you never want to lose or be behind in a series, especially in the final series of the year, the NBA Finals. But um, Listen, yeah, the Heat looked bad. I don't think that's anything to stress over. It's just one game. I would I would be willing to bet that the Heat... I don't think the Heat are going to win, but I would be willing to bet they would at least be more competitive for Game 2 than they were in Game 1. And then you also got, you know, a few games that the Heat are going to have consecutively 
Because in the NBA Finals, that's done a little bit differently, right? 2-3-2 for the home team. So there's always that as well for the for the Heat. So I don't think they're out of it yet. A lot of people already writing them off after uh, one game, and I don't I don't agree with that. Um, but I just think the Nuggets, they're going to be too much. Joe Chich, Jamal Murray, um, that entire crew. I mean, look what they did to the Lakers. Josh Allen is rumored to be on the cover of Madden 24. Uh, I mean, Mr. Turnover Machine. Um, but no, hey, good on him. I mean, he's a very popular guy. He's a guy that a lot of people uh, love in Buffalo. So, yeah, I, I think it makes sense. You've already done Patrick Mahomes twice. I mean, your, your next uh, option is who? Either Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, or Aaron Rodgers, since he's going to a new team. I mean, maybe that would be enticing to put, uh, especially going to a big market like New York. Elden Ring is an outstanding game. Joshua says, "Yeah, uh, I've heard it. I've heard it's more action based than story based. Like the video games I like to play now, I do it because I love the stories, like Last of Us and Final Fantasy, Grand Theft Auto, like." Heavy story base with some fun gameplay in there, of course. Um, I've heard a lot of mixed reactions about Elden Ring's storyline. Um, yeah, I, I did compare that to Elder Scrolls. But, um, yeah, uh, there, there are a few Elder Scrolls that I want to play that I've never played before. Uh, like, there's an online one that I'd be interested in uh, in trying later. Joshua says, Nuggets with the sweep. Yeah, you think so? I mean, I don't think that's a that's a horrible prediction. Um, I just think the Heat are going to at least get one win, maybe two. You're a Blues fan. Expect Armstrong to get that team back into contention. Yeah, I mean, the Blues were there a few years ago. Um, yeah, I remember they beat the Boston Bruins in what was it? Games? Yeah, that was that was seven games. That was seven games. That was a really good season uh, with, with um, Vladimir Tarasenko. I um, I used to work uh, media production. I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. I used to do media production for the Royals and also for the Sprint Center. At the time, it was called the Sprint Center. Now it's T-Mobile Center. Um, and I uh, worked the St. Louis Blues preseason game. I can't remember who they played in that game. Uh, man, there's a there's a strong contingency of, of Blues fans in Kansas City. I mean, I, I knew the Blues were the team in KC. Because that's the team closest. That's the hockey team closest to Kansas City. But I didn't realize how strong of a, of a fan base there was here. Um, I hope they. When was the last time did the Blues do a preseason game in Kansas City? Um, back in October. Because since the pandemic, I don't think we've had an NBA preseason game nor an NHL preseason game here. Which. I would love to go to a, I'm not a big preseason attender, but if the Vegas Golden Knights and the St. Louis Blues ever play in Kansas City, I am going to that one 100%. Because the odds of the Golden Knights ever coming back to Kansas City again are extremely slim, especially if we never got a hockey team. So uh, I would have to go. I'm surprised Travis Kelsey has not been on the cover yet. Seven 1,000-yard seasons in a row going on eight. Um. Yeah, I can see your point, Eric. I think you, what you got to keep in mind is they already put Mahomes on the cover twice. So if you put a chief on the cover again, it's like, okay, come on. Like if I was, I mean, if I was a chief, I mean, I am, I am a chiefs fan, but if they put, 
Um, I, I'm trying to think of a good example here. Like if they put Joe Burrow on the cover and then they put Jamar Chase two years later, uh, it's like, okay, come on. Like you just put a bangle. That's why I was surprised Patrick Mahomes, um, he was on the cover with Tom Brady. Uh, now, sure, he's splitting the cover with an, another person, but still, I was really surprised uh, that they gave it to him twice in three years. I thought that was, you know, spread it out a little bit, uh, right? I mean, come on. Um, I, I mean, look, I'm not going to de- deny it. I do think it's cool that uh, we have that quarterback who's winning MVP awards, Super Bowls, Madden cover twice now. I mean, well, you you can't ever say you ever uh, re- recall that. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about Jalen Hurts. He's also a, a viable candidate for uh, for the Madden cover. Um, let's see here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to skip this uh, last topic here because it's honestly not that relevant to, um, to anything right now. Uh, I do want to talk about YouTube pranks. I don't know if any of you guys watch these YouTube channels that do in-person pranks where they walk up to people on college campuses, malls, grocery stores, or just, you know, out and about in the streets where they, you know, do funny pickup lines or make stupid jokes or even just say dumb things that only their audience will understand. Um, so there was a YouTuber a month or two ago. We talked about this on the podcast. And I can't remember the YouTuber's name. I went back and watched some of his videos. I didn't think that he was really funny in general. Um, he got shot at a mall doing his prank on someone this same guy he i was watching his videos he was doing a youtube prank where he's looking at his cameraman pretending like he doesn't know him and is shouting at him stop filming me stop filming me to the point where several police officers have gotten involved trying to separate him and the cameraman, even though they're friends, they're pranking everyone else that thinks this is serious. But it's like, man, the, the police have so much more pressing matters to attend to. And you're getting multiple police officers to separate you and your cameraman when you guys are just pulling a prank here. Um, There is another YouTuber that has paid a price, a big one. Um, didn't get shot like the other YouTuber I was referring to, but, uh, basically he was doing a fake rob bank robbery attempt. Um, enter your, uh, chiefsaholic jokes below. As soon as this guy, now, obviously because it's a fake robbery, because it's a prank, he's not aggressively trying to fight anyone. But because he has a mask on and he has a bag and is saying, give me my money, people are going to go into self-defense mode. The person who was getting quote-unquote robbed just swung the biggest punch in the face to this guy's nose. I, I mean, as soon as he got hit, other people were joining in to try to defend him because they thought this was a real robbery. The the YouTuber, the prankster goes, it's a prank, it's a prank, stop. And people all of a sudden stop. The guy takes off his mask because he needs to prove to them that this is a joke. Dude, this guy is dripping blood. I mean, his face is red. 
It is the same color as a Chiefs jersey. Dude, what did you think was going to happen? You went into a bank pretending to do a robbery. And you're thinking that everyone's going to, oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you want my money. This is a YouTube prank. No, they have no idea that you're filming this. They think that this is a real robbery with a, a guy wearing a mask. I mean, come on, man. Um, what are you doing at this point? How is it that, you know, I think YouTube is honestly kind of the blame for this. If I'm YouTube, I'm sending out a little, um, just a message to all the uh, content creators. And I'm saying, look, if you're going to do in-person pranks, fine. It th That content drives a lot of money. But use your goddamn brains. If you're going to do something that is going to alarm people and make them go into self-defense mode... Don't do it. Consider it a, a whole nother prank. Um, you guys all know Big Doss TV, I think. He's actually from the Kansas City area. He actually did a prank. Thankfully, no one got hurt. It's him and his buddies all wearing masks in, an, uh, in a van. And they're just circling parking lots saying, hey, do you know where the nearest bank is? Some people are laughing. Some people are just kind of concerned. And eventually, they got the cops called on them. Uh, a lot of police officers came over, and they were pulling their guns out, and they asked each individual one by one to step out of the vehicle, hands up, all the, all the, the, that entire thing. Thankfully, again, no one got hurt, but uh, gosh, I mean, you have one YouTuber recently that got shot. You got another one whose, whose face just got destroyed. What else is it going to take for these pranksters online? And I know they're making a lot of money and good on them. Uh, what is it going to take for them to at least use some common sense doing stuff like this? Listen, man, if someone walks up to me in a grocery store and they say something a little weird and dumb, I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to think it's funny. Now, after the fact, if they say, hey, there's a camera, I'll say, oh, ha, 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 yeah, sure, you can use it. Not everyone's like that, though. Some people just don't want their face being used for a YouTube video, and understandably so. I mean, that's their call. So I would like it if these pranksters decide to um, use some uh, common sense here. Just a thought. Uh, I did want to touch on this real quickly uh, with Conor McGregor, who is on this season's uh, Ultimate Fighter. I believe it's season 31 or 32. I, I don't know what number season it is. But a new season of the Ultimate Fighter is out. The first episode uh, was on Tuesday night on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, look, I don't know what the draw is with McGregor. I, I mean, I know he's still the number one superstar in the UFC right now. And to me, I'm like, why? He's three and four in his last seven fights. The first of those seven fights was a loss against Nate Diaz where so much of his weaknesses were exposed. He became the first champ champ later that same year, 2016, but he never defended the featherweight nor the lightweight belt or belts, I should say, once. Never defended either of those. He was still calling himself the champ even though he was stripped of those two belts. 
Um, but then lost horribly to Habib Nurmagomedov. When he returned after his Floyd Mayweather fight, he's gone one and three, and that includes the Habib fight. His only win was against an aging and declining Donald Cerrone, who, by the way, lost six of his last seven fights. One was a majority draw, uh, turned into a no contest. Um, so McGregor has only won one fight since his return uh, from that Floyd Mayweather fight. And that was against a guy who was pretty much done with the sport. Because Cerrone is now retired because he's lost so much. He's lost to Dustin Poirier twice, uh, including that injury. He's now trying to get rehyped for the Ultimate Fighter. His fight against Michael Chandler is still to be announced. McGregor told Megan Olivi in an interview he wants to fight three to four times a year. He's been saying that since 2019. Now, he said he wants to fight three to four times a year. He probably meant every three to four years because that's what it feels like at this point. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, injuries and whatnot. Man, that ankle injury was almost two years ago. And McGregor, he swore he would come back that same year. Which, by the way, I mean, I think that was a premature comment. It happened in in early July. You're not going to come back in six months uh, from that kind of an injury. You're just not. Uh, But it's been almost two years since that injury. So he hasn't fought in two years. We don't know when this Michael Chandler fight's going to happen. And let's be honest, the ultimate fighter, as cool as it is, um, I I, I think it's still a good show. And I haven't seen every season. But the fact is, this is not the same show it once was 10 or 15 years ago. When you had the big, like, Akimbo Slice and um, Rampage Jackson, like, like those days, yeah, not even close to that. I'm just not sure what the UFC's trying to do with Conor McGregor. They're trying to use him to pump up the Ultimate Fighter ratings, I'm sure. I don't think it's going to work. I'm sure this is also a way to add hype for McGregor. But where are you going to go with this? Because Conor McGregor is not the same fighter he was in 2015 and 2014 when he was swept the entire featherweight division. The guy is no longer that same fighter. He didn't defend either of his belts. And since then, the guy has not been the same fighter. Three and four in his last seven fights. He's just not the same fighter he once was. I think Conor McGregor truly... And I'm not saying this to be a hater. I'm really not. He is the most overrated fighter in professional sports history. He really is. So so many people talk about McGregor right now. Oh, but he swept the featherweight division. Yes, he did that seven years ago. I don't care what someone did seven years ago. Especially in a sport like MMA. And I know fighters only fight a couple of times a year. Some of them do a little bit more. Some of them are a little bit more active. But the truth is, what have you done lately? Conor McGregor has not done anything impressive since his return from that Floyd Mayweather boxing match. He got destroyed by Habib. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Habib lost a round to Conor because Habib has never lost a round in his career. Okay, but you still got destroyed in that fight. Um, yeah, you won one round. Great. 
That's because Habib was tired and demolished Connor the previous round. Oh, and by the way, in the following round, Habib finished him and made him tap. Um, I, I mean, he lost twice to Dustin Poirier. Uh, the guy is just not the same fighter. Oh, and by the way, everyone knows Connor McGregor's biggest weakness is the ground game. So if he's fighting a jujitsu fighter or a wrestler, dude, good luck. Michael Chandler is a world-class wrestler and an even better striker. So if Conor McGregor, if this is going to be Conor's fight, by the way, I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. This fight's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, I like Michael Chandler. I'm a huge Michael Chandler fan. been a fan of his since Dynamite 2 and Bellator. But you're not getting this fight. I hope he gets it. It's a big payday for him, and he deserves it after everything he has done in this sport. But realistically, do we think this fight's going to happen? I don't see it happening. What's up, D? I appreciate you joining us. We're almost done, unfortunately. Um, I, I just, I just don't see the draw with Conor McGregor anymore. I really, really don't. He's got a fantastic story in the sport with what he did at Cage Warriors and his rise to the top. In the UFC was great, but once the moment he got to the top, boom, done, over. Like not even the same drive anymore. Just not. It's just not there. It's really not. Uh, real quickly, I, I I'm gonna touch on this real fast. I don't want to make a big deal out of this. Uh, it's June, so I think you all know this is supposed. This is Pride Month. A lot of companies have come out. Showing support for the pride, the LGBTQ community, and um, some of them even changing their profile picture to rainbow colors. Uh, baseball teams did this a lot. Uh, Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills changed their um, their logo to rainbow colors uh, with the same logo, the same Bills logo. And boy, Bills Mafia, which I thought was one tight knit family. Um, they, um, there's some, uh, division there. Uh, listen, I don't see anything political about this. I don't see why this is divisive. I really don't. Let me just say this because there are teams, baseball teams that do pride day and people are outraged by this. People want to boycott their favorite teams because they, they celebrate pride day at the K for instance, for, or for Kansas City Royals. They also do Nurses Day. They do Faith and Family Day. They do Star Wars Day. They do, they do Game of Thrones Day. They do Zombie Day, Retro Night, um, Marvel Night. I mean, so many other, th so many different themes, especially college nights too. They'll do uh, KU Day uh, or Night, uh, Mizzou, K State. I know they've done Oklahoma City Thunder Day at the K before. Um, this is just another marketing promotion that they do in addition to the many other ones they do as does every baseball team out there uh i was at the royals game friday night and i'll just say this they there was no mention of pride day pride month or anything i believe they're gonna have a pride day later this month um there was no agenda shoved down anyone's throats there was none of that 
all these teams did on social media, as well as the businesses, they just showed their support for a community that has dealt with a lot of unnecessary and unwarranted criticism. Uh, Listen, here's my thing, man. If that is the lifestyle you want, you know, you're you're a dude and you love another dude or you're a, a, a gal and you love another gal, good on you. I don't care. I really don't. And I'm perfectly fine with teams doing Pride Day. Um, by the way, a lot of people are saying, why do we not have a month dedicated to military appreciation? We do. It's It just ended in the month of May. And if people actually cared about the military so much, they would have known that. Um, by the way, people are, again, talking about how, why don't we honor the military at baseball games? Folks, we do. Again, I was at the Royals game, and I've worked for the Royals for five seasons. I can tell you for a fact, every single game, at some point during the game, they honor a member of the military by name and recognize him. And pretty much the entire stadium stands up and applauds uh, the military uh, person that's that's being honored. Uh, Before the game, I mean, you got the national anthem. A lot of times you have... um, uh, members, uh, a couple of members of the army or navy or, or, or first responders that hold the flag before the game. That's another way of honoring the men and women who have served this country. Um, and then you have events like um, Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, uh, or I'm sorry, not Labor Day weekend, um, the 4th of July, uh, and also on 9 11. Um, they do a lot for those days where they honor the men and women. I mean, they go a little over the top on those days than they would um, any other day. So people always talk about, why do we not honor military members? Uh, Folks, we do. Uh, You're just choosing not to pay attention when they do do it, for whatever reason. Uh, I've been to three Vegas Golden Knights games, and I know every every single time I've been there, they recognize someone during a commercial break. Um... I've not been to a Chiefs game in a couple of years, but I know in the past during TV timeouts, they recognize uh, a military, at least one military member during a commercial break or a TV timeout. So people are talking about why do we not do this for the military? We do. And for whatever reason, people have missed it in the past. And I can't comprehend why. The same people that want to um, that want to spend more time honoring the military, for some reason, are unaware when we do honor our military. I, I, I I'm just not. I, I'm just not. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Rob says they are not recognized enough. Who's not recognized enough? The military. I mean, Rob, I, I, I just, I, I, I know I'm asking for some context with your comment, but if you're talking about the military, I just said it. They do it every single game in multiple ways. Oh, you're talking about the military. Okay, well, I mean, you're just wrong. No disrespect, but you're, you're incorrect on that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, as someone who has worked for the Royals for five seasons, I can tell you every single game in multiple ways, the military gets recognized. Um, I mean, that's just a fact. I was at the Royals game last night and they honored, they did the national anthem. They had members of the, uh, a couple of members of, uh, from the military holding the flags during the national anthem. 
there was a vet who threw out the first pitch, the ceremonial first, or I'm sorry, the honorary first pitch. Um, there's a difference between the two for those who didn't know. And then they recognized um, a soldier uh, at some point during the game. It, it's always a different inning. I don't know why, um, but they did that. So three times, I mean, I, I don't know what much more you want a baseball team to do to recognize members of the military. And I'm always willing to have conversations like this. I, I, I think it's a great conversation to have, but how is that recognize? How is that recognizing national anthem is not just for the military members? Okay, but we have members of the military holding the flag for the national anthem, though. Eric says, especially around Veterans Day. Um, yeah, that's another holiday. Yeah, so Veterans Day, Memorial Day, the Fourth of July, um. And 9-11. So if the Royals, I, I mean, the odds of the Royals having a home game for all four of those days are rare. Let me just double check exactly when exactly is Veterans Day. That's in November. Okay, so ignore that. Obviously, baseball season's over by then. Uh, but I believe in the month of November, uh, the NFL does dedicate that to military appreciation. Uh, I mean, they have all these military-themed gears. Uh, that month. So, I, uh, listen, I, I've been to NFL games in the past during TV timeouts. Yeah, Labor Day in, in September. Um, but again, I, you know, uh, who was it? Eric was mentioning uh, uh, Veterans Day, and I was talking about the other holidays, such as uh, Memorial Day um, uh, for the 4th of July, and also on uh, 9-11, which to a lot of people is recognized as Patriot Day. I mean, I, I can't speak for other baseball teams, but I'm sure they do the same things as the Royals. They do go over the top, and they recognize even more military personnel in other ways. Three weekends where people can actually care. Hold on, I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to read this comment. Three weekends. I, I mean, listen, Rob, you said they, they don't get recognized enough. I just told you. Three times last night, uh, I mean, members of the military were, were recognized. And you're saying it's not, it, it, they don't get recognized enough. Um, I know in the past, something the Royals did, they actually surprised a military member with keys to a brand new car. Um, I think that's something they should do more often. And listen, maybe you don't have to do it every single game, but at least once every homestand. I think it's something baseball teams should do more often. I definitely think NFL teams should do that. NFL teams definitely have the money to do that um, at least every single game. Uh, that I think you can 100% do. Uh, yeah, okay, no, I, I get what you were saying, Eric. You were referring to um, football season. I get that. Yeah, I mean, listen, by the way, let's talk about this real quickly. I didn't expect this to take as long as I thought it was going to take. I was wanting this to be a, a shorter segment, but... I remember when Donald Trump made that comment about players kneeling for the anthem, and then a month and a half later, it's Military Appreciation Month for the NFL, and they have all those NFL-themed, um, uh, uh, not NFL-themed, uh, military-themed uh, football gear. And I remember a lot of people are saying, oh, the NFL's doing this as a way to uh, make up for the disrespect. No, the NFL does that every single year. But people th people just love to create their own narrative uh, for these things. Uh, three times in just a singular s 
three times in just a singular regular season game is pretty good recognition, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, I mean, look, what are you going to do? Like every single inning, you want to recognize? I mean, uh, you, you got to mix it up when you do your game entertainment in some ways. But yeah, I mean, if they don't do it, they don't do it three times every single game. Um, I think three is a good number. I, I, I really do. Um, but again, they do recognize at least once during the game, uh, one person, one individual by name showing their past, what they've done, what they've accomplished, uh, which is awesome. You do that 81 times a year. I know there was one time where one of the military members did not show up when he was going to be recognized. So they didn't do it then like that happens. So you don't end up recognizing that person, which is unfortunate because I think that person deserves the recognition. So we'll see. Recognizing an, a single individuals, in my opinion, doesn't count as recognizing the whole. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, listen, I, I, I get your, I, I think your appreciation for the military is awesome. I really do. I, 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 I think, by the way, let me just say this. Um, someone wrote a tweet since we're on this topic here. Uh, and I responded to this tweet. Uh, let me quickly. I and I don't want to paraphrase. I want to get this tweet word for word. Uh, bear with me one moment. This was this morning. I saw the tweet. Okay, this is from Ashley St. Clair. She obviously pays for Twitter Blue. Um, I don't really know what she does. She has more than six hundred and fifty thousand followers. I think she does. She, she works for the Babylon Bee. I'll be honest. I have no idea what the Babylon Bee is. Um, judging by her um, her uh, photo cover, it seems like she leans towards the right. That's great. That's her. Uh, that's her right. She wrote a tweet this morning saying, "Why are 1.2 million veterans on food stamps?" I think that's a fantastic question. This is the same person who was complaining about companies changing their Twitter logos to rainbow colors. And there was a big outrage about that. Folks, and I responded to this tweet and I said, perhaps we should be more outraged about 1.2 million veterans being on food stamps versus baseball teams and, and companies changing their logos to rainbow colors. See, at some point, I think we got to ask, who's really outraged by what? Because I think we can, as people, pick and choose who's going to be outraged over what. Okay? I can tell you guys, if you guys want me to talk about the things that I think we need to do in this world, I think we do need to take veterans, we need to take care of veterans more than we are. Ashley St. Clair, according to Ashley St. Clair, 1.2 million veterans are on food stamps. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. That needs to change. There are a lot of homeless veterans. There are a lot of veterans that deal with mental health, and they do not get that health, uh, that help when they should. Um, I, let me let me catch up on the comments here. Wow. Listen, for the stick to sports crowd, this is like the most amount of interaction we've had on the podcast today. Let me go in order here. Travis says, in regards to the NFL, how many times do teams have flyovers and recognize the pilots in military base they represent, not just on Military Appreciation Week? Uh, Rob says they don't get paid enough. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, Rob. Uh, Eric says the individuals they honor are a direct reflection of the military as a whole, especially the members who wore or still wear 
the uniform. Daniel says it's all about marketing and money. That's why companies change their logos. Um, listen, I here's my thing. Like, I don't care if a company changes their logo or not. If they want to show their support for the LGBT community, great. Um, I think these same companies also do show their appreciation for uh, the military. I mean, again, let's take baseball, okay? Because baseball has been get, getting a lot of backlash for this in the past three days. Um, again, I, I, I've already said it. Uh, I can't speak for other teams, but I can tell you for a fact, the Royals do a lot every single game to honor military personnel during games and also during pregame ceremonies. It's a lot easier to do these kinds of things during pregame ceremonies than it is during the games. Um, but I know the Royals have done that every single game multiple times. I assume all the other baseball teams out there go about go about it a very similar way. Um, so I don't know, man. Um, I, I, I think, you know, a lot of, again, people were asking when is military appreciation month? We just had it in May, but for whatever reason, you know, those people who are asking that did not know that. I don't know. Listen, I know there are a lot of days. There's, um, national donut day. Like, I, I mean, there are so many days and months dedicated to these kinds of things that I, I I just don't keep track of all of them. Some do, some don't. Um, but I do agree with, with, with you, Rob. I mean, they don't get paid enough and I think that needs to change and we need to do more to, um, to help our military, uh, homeless vets, vets on food stamps, vets that are dealing with mental health, health issues. Uh, and they don't, they don't get that help. Um, and I think that there's a lot of blame to go around for that. All right. I appreciate all the conversation. I really need a lot of logical disagreements. I always appreciate that. It's hard to get that uh, with a subject like this. So I do appreciate you guys uh, with that uh, discussion there. All right. I'm going to wrap it up for this episode of Farscast. Big thanks to all of you guys who joined for the live stream on the Facebook page. Also, for those of you listening to the podcast edition, whether it's on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, much love to all of you guys for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I am out of here. I'll be back later in the middle of uh, next week, I, I guess, technically, to uh, do our next podcast. Until then, take care. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe.